0: Gone unbelief, my Saviour is near, and for my relief, will surely appear. My prayer, let me wrestle, and He will perform. Christ in the vessels, a smile at the storm. The dark be my way, since he is my guide. Tis mine to obey, and his to provide. The cisterns be broken, and creatures all fail surely prevail His love in time past forbids me to think and leave me at last in trouble to sink On each avenue
1: It's like heaven when Jesus comes in the midst of the anguish and pain it's heaven when Jesus comes because always he brings with him deliverance healing restoration a change when you have come to the end of yourself you don't know which way to turn you either sink down in despair depression i don't know what to do i don't know what to think i don't know where to turn it's hopeless i'm finished it's over or you turn to anger and bitterness blame sometimes some people even turn away from Jesus and seek some solace in a fortune teller or an astrologer and they dive into occult mysticism but when you have come to the utter end And all is helpless. And somehow, Jesus comes. It is like heaven. The skies open. The glory of God comes down. I must tell you today, I need Jesus to come down. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm so glad you've joined this broadcast today. I pray you can listen for the full hour. I'm going to share with you what the Holy Spirit has given to me. And it will be for you. Jesus coming down. Almighty God, Lord Jesus, as I share this message, would you come and flood into the heart of each person who's listening? Would you bring healing and change and restoration? Would you bring an ardent cry to their heart? that they must be right with you and that they need you. Lord, I come today and I need you. How many times people have said to me, Ray, why don't you just trust Jesus and do the best you can do? That's all anyone can expect of us. Lord, that has never answered the cry of my heart. For I have experienced your coming down, and it was like heaven came down. You have delivered me time after time, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. Lord, you are the Savior. Would you come today for my brothers and sisters? Would you come today for me? I pray in your holy name, amen. Jesus was coming to the close of his ministry. He had been in Jericho, but now it was time for him to leave Jericho and walked to Jerusalem. And so he was coming out of Jericho. A large crowd was with him. He had his disciples. He had the wonderful women that walked with them and cared for their needs financially, food, whatever they could do. They were there to take care of Jesus and the disciples there was also a large multitude of people going with them to jerusalem for it was passover time and so jesus comes walking out of out of jericho with this large multitude and there is a blind man sitting beside the road And he is begging he has come to the absolute end of himself he has been reduced to panhandling to begging he cannot take care of himself he is blind and so his world has closed in darkness in hopelessness in despair. He sees no way for healing. All of the doctors have told him his case is hopeless and that he will be blind the rest of his life. He is the son of Timaeus. That's encouraging to me. At least he had family and certainly those family members cared for him. He was sitting in the dirt beside the road begging calling alms for the poor alms for the poor please sir alms for the poor but he hears a disturbance he hears noise people crowds it's unusual what's going on He shouts to a bypasser, What's going on? What's the crowd about? And he was told that Jesus, the Nazarene, was passing by. And he began to cry out the top of his lungs, Son of David, Jesus, please show mercy to me. Evidently, he'd heard about Jesus. He'd heard about his miracles. But he had never been before where Jesus was passing by. Now, blind Bartimaeus was not on Jesus' agenda that day. But blind Bartimaeus was crying out so loudly. And many of the people in the crowd were rebuking him Saying, shut up, be quiet, stop, you're disturbing Jesus. But he cried out all the more. He cried even louder David, son of David, please show mercy to me. Jesus stopped, he stood still and he listened. And then Jesus said to one of the disciples, "Call him, bring him here." And so they called the blind man. Now, I want you to see this picture. Jesus is passing by on the Jericho road. This is this is to blind Bartimaeus. His one chance to reach Jesus. This is his one chance to be healed. So he cries out with all of his might. He cries out to Jesus. He stood. He was told, Take courage. He's calling you. Now, I want to stop a moment. When I've been in this place, and I've been here many times in my life, where it seems that Jesus is a million miles away, and I need him to pass by, And I begin in my prayer closet to cry out to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this alone. I can't go any further. Now, let me tell you what gets Jesus' attention quicker than any other single thing is when a man or woman comes to him importunate. When a man or woman comes to Jesus confessing, I've done all I can do and it was not enough. I don't have the strength. I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. I am helpless. I can't do it. Jesus, I need you. That touches Jesus' heart in a way that nothing else will touch his heart. When you come to Jesus totally broken before him as long as you have the strength to continue doing what you're doing you will probably continue doing what you're doing. It's not until you come to the end of yourself that Jesus will stop. He has a busy agenda. He still does today have a very busy agenda. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has the universe to run. He's not interested in giving a man or woman the little bit of extra help they might need so that they can get what they want. No he's there for for you who have come to the utter end of yourself and you all you can do is cry out Jesus Jesus son of David have mercy upon me he said call him so the blind man came they said to him you must take courage he's calling you Then he threw off his garment, his outer garment. He stood up. And they led him to Jesus. The purpose of this broadcast today is to lead you to Jesus. That's why I'm doing this broadcast. I want you to come to an end of yourself, Turn away from your anger. Repent of your bitterness. Admit that you can't make it work. Come to an utter end of yourself that heaven could come down. That heaven could come down. That Jesus could come and rescue you. He never fails. Blind Bartimaeus hears Jesus as he speaks to him. He said, What do you want? What might I do for you? Blind Bartimaeus said to him, My Lord, that I may see again Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has healed you. Oh, but wait a minute, we need to talk about this. Whose faith has healed him? Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Well, where did that faith come from? Where did blind Bartimaeus all at once come up with faith? How long had he sat there on that road leading out of Jericho, in the dirt, miserable in the hot sun, miserable in his anguish, blind, can't help himself. Where was his faith then? Why didn't his faith heal him then? Well, because he had no faith. For him all was hopeless, for him his life was over. For him all the possibilities were gone, all the opportunities had evaporated. He was a blind beggar, cursed by men, spit upon, dust thrown at him, told to shut up, told to be quiet. Where was blind Bartimaeus' faith that day? He had none. He began to cry out to Jesus and he had no faith he had hope he was willing to cry out but he had no faith he only had hope that maybe Jesus could do something for him many of us come to Jesus that way hoping that Jesus can do something but not really believing it in our heart because we've hoped so many times and we've been disappointed so many times. But now, it says, go, your faith has healed you. That's what Jesus said to him. Well, where did the faith come from? It came from Jesus. Jesus did not give this man just healing in his eyes. Jesus gave this man healing in his heart. Jesus gave this man faith. Suddenly, faith began to infuse his heart and his soul. The thrill of heaven coming down was his. He knew Jesus was going to do something for him that only Jesus could do. Heaven came down. Oh, do you need Jesus to come down to you today? Do you need Jesus to come and give to you the gift of faith? Oh, my brother, my sister, faith is a supernatural gift from God, He gives each man a portion. But faith the size of grain of a mustard seed is enough to move a mountain. Positive affirmations never worked. Oh, it'll work in the demonic realm, but it never worked in the healing realm with Jesus. Positive affirmations, trying to work myself up into some kind of positive emotion that I think will will prosper me The foolishness of saying, oh, don't say that because if you say that, you will create something in the spirit realm. That's witchcraft. That's occultism. When heaven comes down, it's because Jesus comes down. When Jesus comes down, the first thing he begins to pour into our hearts is faith 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 is a verb it's an action it's something that is given by God it says my Lord that I may see again and Jesus said to him go Your faith has healed you. And immediately he saw again. Jesus didn't take several hours to kneel beside this blind man and beg God to heal him. He didn't do that. He didn't go through some ritual. He just said, Your faith has healed you. And immediately he saw again and was following Jesus on the road. Oh, when heaven comes down, Jesus pours his faith into our heart and it becomes our faith. And it is the vital tie to Jesus that once we have received the gift of his faith it becomes our faith we appropriate it it's given to us we take it in and then we walk in the power of the spirit there's another story I want to share with you the story I just shared with you is found in the 10th chapter the book of Mark Verses forty six through fifty two. I want to share another story with you. Abraham. Abraham was having difficulty. He was getting older. Sarah was getting much older. He was pushing a hundred years of age. And yes, he had a son. But he had produced the Son out of his own wickedness. I wonder if he was aware of that. Part of the problem Abraham was facing is that thirteen years had now gone by since God had spoken to him. No Rama word, no no dreams, no no communication from heaven for thirteen years. Can you imagine? what Abraham must have been thinking. Why has God left me? Is this son? Is this to fulfill everything God promised me? And has he left me now? Is my Ishmael the son of promise? And I suspect that in the back of his mind, Abraham was saying, No, Ishmael does not fulfill the promise because I was promised a son through Sarah. And then God spoke to him, and heaven came down. Genesis 17 when Abraham was 99 years old the Lord appeared to him and said I am God almighty walk before me and be blameless I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers but before we go further what has God said to him he has said I am God, Shaddai, El Shaddai. The translation in the NIV, I am God Almighty, is not a correct translation. If you study Jewish scholars, they will say, this is not what it means. El Shaddai, El means Almighty, God, Almighty God. And then Shaddai. What does that mean in the Hebrew? Well, that word is used of a woman's breast all through the Old Testament. El Shaddai means I am God, your breast. I'm God, your breast. What's he mean? Have you ever looked at your wife or a mother and a child as that tiny little baby is wrapped so carefully, held in the arms of Mama, as that child nurses at Mama's breast? Sucking that wonderful milk that nourishes that child, that is the defense against disease, that causes that child to grow and prosper. The milk from the breast of a mother is the most perfect food a baby can ingest. And the love and the tenderness of a mother with a child, as that child learns how to take the nipple. I remember when my children were born. At first they were uncertain about what to do with that nipple. But as they were encouraged, and they began to suck, and the milk began to flow. Oh, that baby just settled right down and had their fill. kind words from mother soft coos from baby gentleness safety what a picture god is giving to abraham he is saying to abraham i am i am your breast he's saying now walk before me and be blameless how could Abraham walk before God and be blameless by not going to any other breast by not trusting for nourishment from any other source God alone wanted to be the breast from which Abraham was to feast to be nourished to be loved, to be cherished. And what had he done? He'd gone to a pagan Egyptian woman. Had a child. And that child was growing up to be a donkey of a boy, fighting, roughhousing. Abraham got the picture. Abraham was God's child and God wanted Abraham to come and feast on the milk of God to feast on God's provision he says I am God your your breast walk before me be blameless don't turn to the left or to the right. Trust me. Allow me to be everything for you. He says, I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. If you'll feast on me, I will increase your numbers. I will provide for you. I will be your source of nurturance. I will be your food. Abraham, or Abram as he was called. All they can do is fall face down on the ground before God. And then God begins to speak about his covenant with Abraham. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will be you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham father of many nations for i've made you a father of many nations i will come kings will come from you i will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants the whole land of canaan where you are now as an alien I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. I will be their breast, is what he's saying. But as for you, Abraham, you must keep my covenant. You must keep my covenant. He gives them the covenant then of circumcision. What does circumcision have to do with all of this? Simply this, that a man cannot produce without recognizing that God is his source. That his strength is found in God. That he's not a man who should go out and just take an Egyptian slave and make her his wife. He's not He's not a man who should go out and Thrust himself into the world and create for himself what he desires. He is to be circumcised. His God is to be everything to him. His God is to be his breast, his place of nourishment. He says, As for Sarai, your wife, you're to no longer call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. And Abraham falls face down and he laughs again. And he says to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And then Abraham says something very foolish that shows exactly what the heart of every man is. He says, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. In other words, if only the works of my flesh, if only that which I create, you would bless God. Will you please bless what I'm trying to do here? How many have started a business and said, oh God, will you bless my business? You've married someone God didn't tell you to marry. Oh God, would you bless my marriage? the Lord kindly said to him, yes, yes, I'll bless it. But that's not what I want. And you're in for a very, very painful, hard time with what you have created until you repent and heaven comes down. that's what we cry for we cry for heaven to come down now in chapter 18 three visitors come to see them one of them is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ with two angels now this is what happened The Lord says, I will surely return to you about this time next year. This is Genesis 18, verse 10. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. In other words, she'd been through menopause she no longer had periods she was dry so Sarah's laughing and she's thinking after I'm worn out and my master is old will I really now have this pleasure the Lord says to Abraham why did Sarah laugh and say Will I really have a child now that I'm old is anything too hard for the Lord I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid and she lied and said I didn't laugh. She says that through the tent flap. Jesus says back, yes you did laugh. It's not going to be 13 years again. Before the Lord speaks to Abraham, he's now going to be very close because now Abraham, in such a glorious manner, is prepared to feast at God's breast. Now let me read one more passage of Scripture for you today. 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading with verse 4. He has given to us the precious and great promises that through these ye may be partakers of the divine nature. What's he talking about? that you may eat that you may partake of that you may ingest the divine nature what's a baby doing when it's feasting on its mother's milk it's taking in the very nurturance of that mother's body that baby is partaking in mother is feasting on mother. The scriptures say, he's given to us the precious and great promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having already escaped from the corruption of the world by lust or by evil thoughts and deeds. Now let me say some things of my own heart I am not satisfied I am not happy with what is happening in my heart in my life or what's happening in the church in America I am not happy I am desperately saddened And I spend time, much time, before the Lord weeping, praying, interceding, waiting for heaven to come down. Will heaven come down? Yes. Because I am going through the promises of Scripture, and the Scripture's promises are absolutely true, and Jesus will not fail. he cannot fail it is not his nature to fail he is always trustworthy he is always worthy and i read scriptures like this one found in chapter 15 of of the gospel of john i am the true vine my father is the gardener he cuts out every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I'm saying, oh God, prune me. I'm saying, Lord, everything or anything that is in my heart or in my life that is not pleasing to you, would you please make it plain to me? And I will give that thing to you. My house is being emptied. My mind, my soul is being emptied of everything of darkness and the flesh and the world and the devil. And I'm saying, Jesus, I'm at the utter end of myself. I need heaven to come down. Now listen to the promise. Listen to the promise. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. I fear that many are in that category, just living their lives in quiet desperation or filled with lust and the anger and the the ambition of the world, waiting until that day of judgment when they will be cast into the fire. But listen, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. I'm asking heaven to come down. I'm asking for heaven to come down. Now, there's one more passage very quickly I want to turn to with you. I've shared it with you a number of times over the last weeks. John, the 17th chapter. He says in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. I believe in Jesus through the message of the apostles that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory. Now, we have just a minute left in this broadcast. I want to bring this home. I need Jesus to come down and dwell fully in my life. That's why I'm emptying it out. That's why I'm purging everything that is from my life. I spoke to a brother yesterday. He took me to the new house that he's just moved into, he said to me how many truckloads he took to the garbage, to the dump. He said, we made a decision, no broken furniture, no junk, nothing that was not necessary. It was all going to the dump. He said, we want to start over. He said, then I went to my office and I did the same thing in my office. I emptied out everything that was not necessary. That's what I'm doing with my life. I'm emptying out of my life everything that is not necessary. I'm purging my life. I need Jesus to come. I need I need him to come down that Jericho road and instead of walking by me healing me of some disease and walking on I need Jesus to walk into me I need him to dwell in me fully I need him to come and do exactly what he describes in John 17 I need he and the Father and the Spirit to move in permanently not in and out not part-time not coming once in a while permanently what i'm trying to say to you is there is a place in jesus that we haven't even begun to take advantage of and it's going to require us to feast much on the breast of god The antibiotics are desperately necessary in mama's milk for this baby to not be sick. Five minutes. The antibiotics in the feast of Jesus are necessary. Reading the scriptures, praying, emptying out of our hearts and lives everything that is of darkness, everything that is of sin. The books, the magazines, The videos, everything that leads me into darkness has to go. I don't want it in my life. Relationships that are destructive to my heart. People that are full of foolishness. Yes, I'll minister. Yes, I'll call to Jesus but I'm not going to settle down with them as friends and feast on their wickedness. I'm emptying my life out that there would be room for Jesus. And can I tell you, Jesus will never move into a man or woman's life when that life is already full of wickedness. Jesus is not going to move into a life that is already full of wickedness. The greatest joy in my heart has been those wonderful, wonderful times when Jesus has come down and he's answered my prayers. He's changed my situation. When he's come down and moved in your heart to give and that Money comes to pay for the radio. My heart rejoices in your wonderful generosity at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of Jesus are incredible. But oh, I want Jesus to come, not just once in a while. I want him to come full time. It's the difference between courting and being married where we become one with Jesus. Are you crying out for heaven to come down? Do you need heaven to come down? Do you need Jesus? Is your heart as hungry for him as I am? Oh, My brother, my sister, get close to Jesus. He's the only one who can answer the cry of your heart. He's the only one who can satisfy your soul. Jesus and Jesus alone can give you the feasting nourishment Two minutes. that will bring joy to your heart. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel if you've been encouraged by this broadcast today and would like to help support we're coming to the end of the month and the radio bill will soon be due if you'd like to help would you write to me at the national prayer chapel post office box 2346 woodbridge virginia 22195 you're also welcome to come and fellowship with the National Prayer Chapel. We're a house church. And if you'll call me, I'll give you the phone number. I'll give you directions for how to find us. Call 703-489-1785. That number again, 703 489 now you can also go to our webpage where today's broadcast will be found for YouTube or for podcast. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com You can also just search in YouTube for Pastor Ray Greenley or the National Prayer Chapel and you'll find YouTubes there. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I pray heaven come down for you today. I'll talk to you soon.